If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Email, as always, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com slash Todd Huff Show. Good morning, Facebook. For those that want to watch us live or on demand there, it's good to be here. Thank you for joining us. You know our software. You got to love this stuff. Got to love this stuff. Um, You get used to the way that something functions. You hit a couple of buttons, bada boom, bada bam, and you go to do it. And because of some update, suddenly the buttons are out of place and there's a new, I don't know, I don't say a new interface, but maybe a new a new interface. So I'm trying to get, uh, it took me a little bit of extra time this morning to figure out what on earth I was trying to press to get our video feed up and running. But we're live on Facebook, facebook.com slash Todd Huff Show. Should you want to watch us live or on demand there, so long as Facebook allows that. And it is, in fact, good to uh, good to be here. So I want to start with uh, yesterday's press conference. Yesterday's press conference, Trump has stopped doing as many of these, and but he's in there doing a uh, you know a, a briefing, an update, taking questions on coronavirus, and it ends abruptly. It ends very quickly, very unpredictably, uh, and I guess in one sense, in another sense, we should always be prepared for this because this is uh, Donald Trump is not going to put up with what he considers to be poor or bad journalism nasty questions and so this is exchange I don't know if you've if you've heard this yet or not but if you've not heard the full exchange here is the full exchange leading to the very end of this press conference yesterday uh, outside at the I believe it's in the Rose Garden of the White House. So here is the exchange that leads to President Trump storming off. I don't say storming. I mean, he just turns around and walks away. Walks away and leaves. Um, leaves the podium. Ends the press conference abruptly. Here is is that exchange. Uh, yeah, go ahead, please. You said many times that the U.S. is doing far better than any other country when it comes to testing. Yes. Why does that matter? Why is this a global competition to you if everyday Americans are still losing their lives and we're still seeing more cases every day? 
Well, they're losing their lives everywhere in the world. And maybe that's a question you should ask China. Don't ask me. Ask China that question, okay? When you ask them that question, you may get a very unusual answer. Yes, behind you, please. What, sir, why are you saying that to me specifically? I'm telling you, I'm not saying it specifically to anybody. I'm saying it to anybody that would ask a nasty question That's like that. That's not a nasty please question. Please go ahead. Why does it matter? Okay, uh, anybody else? Please go ahead in the back, please. I have, to, I have two questions. No, it's okay. But we'll you pointed to me. I have two questions, Mr. Next. President. Next, please. But you, did, you called on me. I did, and you didn't respond, and now I'm calling on... Sorry, I just want the to young lady in the back, please. I just wanted to let my colleague okay. finish. But can I ask you Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Appreciate but it. Thank you very much. So and, and he turns and walks away. Now, what you can't see over the podcast or over the radio is that the <clears throat> excuse me, the reporter who asked the question about. Uh, why are you basically making this a competition? Why are you making this a competition? Um, she's an Asian-American reporter. Now, I'm going to try the name here. Jia Zhang, and I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that, W-E-I-J-I-A, first name, last name, J-I-A-N-G. Jia Zhang. Um is asking him, why are you telling me to ask China? What are you trying to, are you trying to suggest that, you know, because I'm, I'm Asian, I'm an Asian American, that I should be asking the, the Chinese government, is that some sort of a subtle racist remark? No, I'm answering your question. I'm answering your question. Maybe you should ask that question to China. Maybe you should ask that question to China. After all, it is, in fact... Where this came from, he didn't say that, but that's of course <clears throat> that's of course where this all stems is the is the the way that this was responded to by China, the way that it appears it appears that the WHO kind of cooperated with China in keeping some things. I mean, it, we don't. It's still early, and I look. I know some of you immediately are believing, and and I'm not criticizing. Some immediately say, look, these folks, the WHO, China, they are walking through this um, this crisis, this pandemic, almost hand in glove, right? They are the apologists for, for China. They've defended them, and that may very well be what has transpired here in this, in this global pandemic of the Wuhan coronavirus, if you dare say that today. Cuomo's out there, governor of New York, uh, New York, Governor Andrew Cuomo, not to be confused with his brother, tough guy Chris Cuomo, CNN. But Governor Andrew Cuomo's out there calling this the European virus. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if you heard that or not. I got the soundbite here if you don't, if you don't believe me, but he's referring to this thing now as the Wuhan coronavirus, or excuse me, not the Wuhan. That's, that's where... Look, that's where we're told this thing's originated. He's now referring to this thing as the European virus. The European, the European virus. So I'm wondering, should we be upset by that? Should any of our listeners with European ancestry, should we be up in arms over this? Are you, are you fuming now that they have targeted your ancestors with the uh, being the ones who may have started? They being, in this case... Governor Andrew Cuomo. 
Are you thinking this is a racist attack on your heritage, on uh, the continent from which your ancestors uh, lived and eventually migrated to this great nation? Are you upset about this? Here he is saying it. I'll play it for you. Governor Andrew Cuomo uh, yesterday at his daily press briefing, here's what he says. When we started this, yes, we have more cases than anyone else. Yes, we had this European virus attack us and nobody expected it. But we're not only going to change our trajectory, we're going to change the trajectory more dramatically than any place else in the nation. Yeah, the European virus. <laughs> oh, I tell you what, this is there's never a dull moment here in this uh in this process. I don't why what's what's he look, I understand the the implications or the the connotations here and I understand what they're doing. Of course, it's not too different from what Trump is doing when he's calling it the Wuhan coronavirus or the China virus, except what Trump is doing is actually talk about something being anti-scientific. I mean, we may it it's pretty clear from what we've been told, but again, who knows what we've been told that this originated in in China. Now, yes, it spread to Europe first, and there's a belief, there's an indication based upon the strain of coronavirus that's predominantly here, although we have many strains of coronavirus, apparently. I've heard as many as eight. I don't know. There may be more than that for all I know, for all they know. No one no one knows a lot of this. But now they're saying, uh, now they're saying that ours came from Europe. But just because ours came from Europe doesn't mean Europe's didn't come from China, which is where, which is where we're talking. I don't know, and maybe there's... Look, I think that there are some some questions still about uh, where this precisely originated, but I think from everything I've seen, the vast majority anyway suggests or seems to point to the reality that it started in in China, specifically in Wuhan. And while ours may have come to the United States through Europe, I'm not sure uh, what Governor Cuomo is getting at here. I I know again what he's trying to do. This is right up the the playbook of the of the left, right? We have to. Th- this is an attempt, by the way. This is an attempt to actually, um, not not to talk about the the place that it began, but rather to implicate a different group of people that happen to have a different skin color, which is silliness. I mean, it's just it's truly silly. It didn't. If this thing started. In Europe, specifically, let's say Germany or Switzerland or take your pick. I mean, this could be called the Swiss virus or the German virus or the whatever, the Hamburg virus, right? It could be called the Milan virus potentially if it started in Milan, but it it didn't start there. Maybe that's what we end up finding out, but that's definitely not, not the case here. So going back to Trump. Trump's question by an Asian. What do you mean, Asian-American reporter? What do you mean? Why are you asking me to answer this, this question? Why do you want me to ask the Chinese government? What are you trying to imply? And then Trump says, I'm done talking with you about this. Clearly, there can be no more 
a valuable exchange here of information. You're upset at me for this, so he calls on someone else, CNN uh, reporter. She at first doesn't respond, or Trump decides he doesn't want to talk with her either. She wants to yield her time back to this Asian-American reporter, of course, thinking that Trump is in in a mess here because he has effectively said uh, something that they, they they all smell the proverbial blood. I finally stepped in, stepped in the the trap, so to speak, where we, you know, he's speaking about the Asian, excuse me, the, the Chinese virus with an Asian American. This is what we want. This is how we can, we can exploit this. We can play the game where we show him uh, what we, what we depict him as you know, a racist president. Of course, many are saying the guy's already racist. Of course, I've been, it's kind of interesting. Um, you look at you look at the long list of folks that Trump has dealt with over his adult life, and it's incredible. I mean, he, he's dealt with people literally from all over the world, every type of nationality, every type of race, ethnicity, uh, both genders. And the, there's not been any questions. Yeah, there there's, were questions about rentals and whether or not, um, I don't know, there, there were questions about African-American Tenants at one point in time, which I don't believe anything's materialized from, but they're trying to paint this guy, among many other things, as as a racist, and it's only become uh, they've only become interested in this since he's become president. And again, this is this is the strategy, this is the tactic, this is again, this goes part and parcel with what we were talking about yesterday with Chuck Todd and Meet the Press. This is just the way the media does these things. This is it was amazing that they tweeted out an apology. And as some of you have pointed out on our Facebook page, uh, someone's getting fired at NBC. Not not for the original part of misrepresenting or mischaracterizing the quote they pulled from the interview, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> between William Barr and Catherine Herridge of CBS. No, no, no. What where the the real problem lies with the media is where they actually apologized and said, "Hey." We took this, uh, we, we you know, made a mistake effectively, inadvertently, of course. They didn't mean to cut out the important part of the quote. How stupid is that, by the way? Again, you have to reference yesterday's program if you want to listen on iTunes or wherever you would listen on our website. But we talk about this in, in depth. But this is the media. This is who they are. This is what they do. And there's another another story out today about how Scott Pelley in 60 Minutes of uh, I'll probably look at that next segment, how they've looked at a series or made a series of accusations against Trump that are not true. But nonetheless, they continue to uh, espouse these sorts of things on a day-by-day basis. So that's the background. When Trump gets up there and gets into it with these with these reporters, it's it's all been – it's all been based upon – we don't start from – you know we don't have a clean slate each and every day. Trump's not talking with a group of reporters that are unbiased, that he has no history with. He has a history with these folks. He knows how they're reporting. He's accused them of being fake news for a long, long time. He's dealt with their their double standards, their hypocrisy, their unwillingness to look into certain things. Now they're calling Trump – I've seen Vox. It's Vox, of course, but Vox calling Trump the – uh, conspiracy theorist. Meanwhile, the media chased a conspiracy theory for over three years with Trump-Russian collusion. 
that is an absolute conspiracy theory. We had a conspiracy theory media, and not because they're chasing uh, something that they think is valid that may have happened now, no matter how kooky it was, because they had a political axe to grind. They wanted a certain outcome. It's what they wanted. It's what they desired. They're professional deceivers, folks. These folks are professional deceivers. Not a, not all of them, but most of them, many of them. Not all the time, though some of them do it all the time. But this is this is what they do. They don't care about truth. They care about directing you, leading you in a in a down a particular path, down a particular narrative to a series of decisions that they want you to take. And Oz is telling me it's time to take a break, and it is. So sit tight. We'll come back. Shift gears. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about this article about 60 Minutes. 60 Minutes, Scott Pelley, some other things that are circulating out there that are, again, not true or can completely accurate. But this is par for the course for the media. These folks need to be held, held accountable. These folks need to be pounded for this stuff. They really do, because every time Trump walks off the the stage, the podium for something like this or has this exchange with the media, we have to understand why. And it's because he's constantly being misrepresented, lied about, and it's for political purposes. The media whines and says, oh, it's for the First Amendment. We're trying to stand up for the First Amendment freedom of speech. Hogwash. You're trying to stand up for your political ideology. You're trying to do so under the guise of journalism when you're doing nothing other than you're doing nothing other than being editorialist not reporting news you're creating fake news you're creating a narrative you're sharing your opinion we shouldn't know what you think we should only know the facts as close as you can report those and that's simply not what we get today so we'll do that when we get back sit tight be back in just a minute Welcome back. Now, I know I know that the media has a love affair with communism. They do. They always have. You can go back to the 19 – well, you can go back a long ways, but you could see it in the 1980s. You could see the way that Reagan was depicted. Reagan was the one during the Cold War, the height of the Cold War. He was the one that was being targeted as the madman, the danger the danger in the Cold War, Reagan, not Gorbachev, not the Soviet communists. They were just trying to peaceably get along with the United States and prevent nuclear war, whereas Reagan was trying to unleash unleash war, nuclear war, on the rest of the world. And that was, that was their narrative back then. Reagan, of course, was a dunce. He was a former actor. This guy didn't know what he was doing. He was in over his head. He was, uh, you know, just doing the wrong things. He was the one. He was the one that was threatening the world with nuclear war. It wasn't the Soviet Russians. It wasn't those who truly oppressed their people. It wasn't those who truly um, expanded and physically invaded places, took over countries, invaded whether or not they succeeded or not. Afghanistan comes, comes to mind. The Eastern Bloc right, of Europe, had this expansion of, of the Soviet state. This is the nature of Soviet communism. It does, not, it does not 
not just Soviet communism, communism. It is, it is an ideology that does not allow for enough production within itself. It has to expand. It has to expand and basically steal from others uh, to continue to meet the demands of their people. And they don't meet it very well, as is evidenced by long bread lines and all sorts of problems we saw throughout, uh, throughout the time of the Cold War. So, But there's been a, a love fetish between the media and communism because it sounds so good. Oh, it sounds so good. Karl Marx, from each according to his ability to each according to his need, just sounds so fantastic to the media. Forget the fact that they create places like gulags to throw people who disagree with them, who have any sort of political dissent. By the way, I think the media would like that. I think the media... Now, I'm speaking a little bit with hyperbole here, but I do think that they'd be happy if they didn't have to deal with people calling them fake news. If there was some sort of way that the government could prevent that from happening. And you see some crazy things on social media. You'll see Twitter or Facebook from time to time telling us that uh, that they like to have some sort of you know way to to. to I don't know, to, to qualify comments that are being made that are not quite politically correct. They'll take down videos, close down accounts if you don't toe the line in some instances. And yes, sometimes people take actions that's violating the policies and they've done that to themselves. But there's also plenty of examples of people who simply share ideas that are not politically correct, that are not in the uh, – that are not politically acceptable. So let's look at this really quickly, looking at the Daily Wire – Dot com, uh, Shapiro's group, and it's uh, written by Ryan Saavedra, and headline CBS News 60 Minutes with Scott Pelley slammed. That's a, that's a word I would say out of Daily Wire articles. That word is in the title, I'm going to say 15 to 20% of the time, slammed for making numerous false misleading claims on coronavirus response from Trump administration. So basically, basically, uh, Scott Pelley, Scott Pelley uh, had basically insinuated that the U.S. government's response to coronavirus, the pandemic, was basically synonymous with the Chinese Communist Party. They don't see any difference. They don't see any difference between their beloved communist ideology. I mean, they say the right things. Who cares what they do? They sound, they say things so nicely, right? They, they want these, they, it just sounds like utopia. Why can't we say these things here? That's what they want to know. Why can't we get along like this? Why can't we have a leader instead of calling the media fake news? Why can't we have a leader that's talking about, I'm not saying this, this is what they're thinking. Why can't we have a leader that talks about utopia why can't we have a leader that ushers in these wonderful ideals of equality and peace on earth and whatever else these communistic ideologies <clears throat> proclaim to be true? Of course, there's nothing – it couldn't be further from reality. Communism ends in death, in scarcity, in want, in dramatic need and poverty, loss of freedom. Many times people are jailed or even killed for their beliefs. Joseph Stalin was a complete maniacal madman. 
complete, complete evil, madman. He killed untold millions of people in his nation for having the audacity to worship God, having the audacity to speak out against him, his administration, for doing something that the state deemed, I don't know, unnecessary or unhelpful to society. You get locked away, the keys thrown away, but somehow places like CBS have a hard time differentiating between the Chinese communist government and our government. And look, I'll I'll make it, look, our government's full of corruption and it has nothing to do with Trump. Our government has corruption because we have given it basically, I don't want to say unlimited, but to some degree, unlimited powers during... Um, during this process of the government growing over the past several decades. So there's definitely corruption. But again, fundamentally, our, our form of government, our system of government is good. Our system of government is good. Limited government, government that's in, involved in necessary uh, components of our lives, not not having complete control over us. That's what communism is. Communism takes complete control over the individual. There is no individual in communism. There is only the we. There's nothing wrong with the we, us. Nothing wrong with that. But the individual, you talk about the ultimate minority, it's the individual. There can be no smaller minority group than the individual. And communism ignores the individual to a dramatic effect. So it is a fundamentally wicked and evil system of ideology, no matter what they try to tell you about it. Now, it doesn't mean that our system, which is a good system, a sound system, that the, the, the type of system, candidly, the best type of system, this side of heaven that we can live with underneath or within. That being said, it doesn't mean that there, there can't be corruption. We've seen that there is corruption. I mean, you know what the point? I mean, there's there's evidence all over the place right now, especially. Trump tweeted out Obamagate. The media says that that's conspiracy theory, although there's definitely evidence that puts uh, that puts the Michael Flynn case and what happened to Michael Flynn and the abuses that appeared to have happened there right at the foot of President Obama, if not directly on his desk, at least right outside his door, because it's in his inner circle with John Brennan. Uh, James Clapper, who people are questioning, did he lie during congressional testimony? All these things. All these things happen. But I'm along this segment. I'm going to come back and I'm going to list some of the things that the the Chinese government did. Now, our government might have made mistakes. Our government might have, well, definitely has, individuals who are hungry for power and who are doing things outside the scope of the Constitution, acting in an anti-constitutional way. Of course, the media doesn't have a problem with this. Instead, they want to say that we're acting uh, just the same way that, that China did. And so the Daily Wire here has a series of bullet points that have highlighted what the Chinese did during the coronavirus outbreak. And you can compare and contrast that with what the United States did. And just decide for yourself if that's an accurate depiction or if Scott Pelley is engaging in yet again Fake news. Fake news CBS. So talk about that when we get back. Sit tight. Uh, You're listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Call Molar Printing at 317-353-2224. 
Welcome back. Sorry, trying to get something done there during the break. So I want to get to this article. By the way, before I do that, I want to mention really quickly here that uh, our sales director, John Swadener, who you've heard on this program, who you've heard discuss uh, the possibility of partnering with this program, he and I have had some discussions and have decided we're in the process of, look, of reopening, so to speak, uh, reopening America, reopening Indiana, and one of the states, of course, that we're broadcasting in, reopening Utah, another state that we're broadcasting in. And so we're trying to find a way to do our our part or to offer a way to help businesses through this uh, challenging time to get back to, you can say, normal, get to get back to where businesses is thriving again, to where things are going uh, going well as they they were before coronavirus and so what we've decided to do what we've decided to do is to offer and this is just um this is a limited time thing so need to reach out to john today best way to do that is probably email john j-o-h-n at toddfshow.com and john's a um he's not gonna hard sell you or anything he's just gonna tell you about some options and some ways that we might be able to work with you to to get a campaign started, including uh, including some uh, some free airtime even to get to get started and to hit the ground running because you want to be in front of this, right? I mean, as as people begin to come out of the metaphorical woodwork here, poking their heads up out of their caves and begin to to see if it's time to uh, to come out and to to gradually get back into doing things that they were doing before getting back to regular shopping habits or uh, eating habits, maybe you know even going into restaurants at some point as some of these restrictions begin to ease. Um, so, so contact him. If you think there's just an, even an interest, an interest in learning more, John will explain some of the things we can do, and then you can decide for yourself if it's a good fit. Email john at toddhuffshow.com. Really quickly, a couple of things uh, that, that the Daily Wire has pointed out. Comparing, look, CBS wants to compare the United States government's response to coronavirus and basically say, yeah, they're, they're the same. They're very similar. Here's a list, and again, the, the Daily Wire has pointed out these egregious offenses by the Chinese government. Here is a, a list, and I'll get through this quickly because I've got to take another break. Uh, they silenced doctors and journalists that tried to alert the world to the pandemic. In fact, there's some, there are some, I don't think we even know where they are yet. Uh, who spoke out against this. They shut down, the Chinese government did, the Shanghai laboratory where the coronavirus genome was first shared with the world. They repeatedly lied that the coronavirus was not transmissible from person to person. This included lying to the World Health Organization on January 14th when it claimed that the coronavirus could not be spread from person to person when it had evidence that it could, uh, it could be transmitted that way back in December. The Chinese government has threatened numerous nations that have been critical of its propaganda campaign and who have called for internal investigations into China, as Trump would say, China. The Chinese government's clamped down on allowing any coronavirus research from being made public. (laughs) Think about that. Don't want to tell the rest of the world anything they've learned from this deadly disease. They've spread false information in the United States that was intended to cause panic inside this great nation, have repeatedly, they have repeatedly lied 
about the extent of the coronavirus outbreak in their country, according to U.S. uh, intelligence officials, estimates from top think tanks and other foreign governments, including China's own allies. China has a history, again, I'm reading from this report, this story from the Daily Wire, China has a history of lying about the extent of outbreaks that originate in their country. U.S. officials say that China did this because it brought, excuse me, it bought them time to hoard medical supplies. That's nice. From around the world, which is also a well-documented fact, China reported uh, reportedly blocked U.S. companies that manufacture in China from shipping medical supplies outside of China. China then shipped faulty medical supplies all over the world. Again, they're trying to compare. CBS Scott Pelley trying to compare our two governments and our responses to this. China refused to allow the CDC and the WHO officials into China for months to learn about the coronavirus and to help contain the outbreak. There's a couple couple others on here as well, but I'm going to take a break. And they want to they compare. Scott Pelley, CBS News, wants to compare. They don't see a difference. When they look at these ideologies, they don't see one as being morally superior to the other. Our system of government is, is superior to communism. It is morally superior because, because it keeps intact the God-given right of people to have to exercise freedom. It understands the real threat to humanity posed by governments, and it tries to establish safeguards to prevent against overreach and abuse. Meanwhile, Chinese communism is unfettered. It is complete I mean, off-the-charts control centralized in the government, power and authority in the government. You do what they say or else. And they are a bad bunch, folks. This is, this is what happens when you give folks too much power. They abuse it in tremendous ways. That's what they've done. This is not at all comparable to what we have in the United States, although we have some corrupt people. I'm not suggesting we don't have that. Because we, we certainly do. You don't have to look very far. Andrew McCabe, James Comey, uh, you know, just, well, Clapper, uh, <laughs> different Brennan, different people here, and, and some controversies and some scandals that have hit the, uh, hit the headlines here even in recent days. So anyway, got to take a break. Sit tight. Come back in just a moment and continue our conversation. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. I'd like to take a moment here, too, to officially welcome one of our newest advertisers. You'll hear more from them in the days and weeks to come, Freedom HealthWorks. Freedom HealthWorks will share a little bit more about them. And uh, In fact, I've had, I've had one of the individuals uh, from uh, Freedom HealthWorks on this program. We interviewed him a couple of times over the past, uh, I don't know, a couple of years. Really cool uh, business model, really innovative and creative way to help give Americans a a choice in in healthcare, which is a good thing. Giving giving Americans choice and letting different ideas and models, business models, uh, you know, work for the attention and the 
I guess the uh, the business right of the American people instead of being forced top down one size fits all like like Obamacare. But I want to welcome Freedom Health Works, and there'll be more about that to come. What about oh this situation with Obiden Obama, candidate Obiden Obama, the Obiden Obama administration as Joe Biden refers to this refers to his candidacy apparently maybe if rumors are correct close to picking or at least has a front runner i guess you want you would say a front runner in the vice presidential race and that of course if you haven't seen by now is Kamala Harris Kamala Harris is uh, probably if reports are accurate which who knows this could be a bellwether they could be testing the the metaphorical waters here to see if Someone is just to kind of see the response, but that's what's being reported. As I've said on here, and as my my wife is uh, on record as saying through me saying it, but she, she's just she's not a likable candidate. So you begin to wonder what does she what does she add to this ticket? Um, I don't I don't know. It fulfills uh, Biden Obama's promise to nominate a female to vice president and a minority but beyond that what does she add why is the selection made is it simply because of the superficial left's desire to make everything about identity politics i mean what is what is the real reasoning and rationale here if this is true so that's floating around out there i just wanted to pass that along because who knows who knows but that is that is the case. I will say, and as I've said on here before, there's not a good choice. There's not a good first choice for president, or excuse me, vice president for for Biden. There just isn't. There's not a good choice. So we'll see what happens here. But that's what they're telling us at this moment. I wouldn't be surprised if this is simply, like I said, a bellwether, some way for them to gauge the response, like a focus group or a test run or some such thing who knows they may have i guess they could have made the selection or really be thinking about her as well but these folks are i mean they behave in identical ways that the media does and so i don't i just don't trust them at face value i think that there's always something else going on and in many cases they're professional deceivers as well so we got to be aware of all those things also have to be aware of the clock here time is telling me it is time to take a break we'll do that come back and wrap up you're listening to the home of conservative not better talk i'm your host todd huff back in just a minute welcome back waning moments waning moments of our number one but nothing to fear continue with the second hour of this program in fact you can watch it on our youtube channel for free you can also access hour number two through total access which you can get for free if you sign up to receive our free email newsletter subscribe by texting the word huff to 31996 or going to toddfshow.com slash subscribe there's actually a newsletter issue going out later today so you can get the benefit of reading that as well. Guys, sit tight. We'll continue this after the break. SDGC in a minute. <laughs> 